0: Welcome to today's show, guys. On today's episode, we have Jill Ettinger. Jill is the editor-in-chief of LiveKindly.com, a community-based media startup based in Vancouver. They focus on producing engaging content around sustainable and compassionate living. In their own words, their goal is to promote an education and appreciation of humanity, our home, and those we share it with. Live Kindly are a collection of like-minded contributors that have come together to build a home on the internet for informative and thought-provoking content focusing on sustainable and compassionate living. They cover everything from recipes, product reviews, opinion pieces, and even performed a vegan year in review, which I highly recommend. They also run articles on vegan food, fashion, and beauty, the last of which I would know nothing about. But believe me, they do. Hi Jill, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, glad to be here.
0: Live kindly Jill, tell us about the organization and how it came into being and how you became involved with it.
1: Yeah, we're uh, just about two years old now. Um, it was founded by Jody Minnell, she's um, British born but uh, lives in Vancouver now and kind of followed her own personal journey of going vegan after seeing a few films like What the Health and Cowspiracy. And she uh, just felt like there weren't a lot of resources. So started this um, on a shoestring budget uh, in 2017. And I started seeing her content popping up In my news feed, I think it started with some videos, and I've been writing and editing uh, in the digital and specifically the food space for a decade, so I kept seeing this. Uh, I've been vegan 25 years, and one day, I just was like, what is this site? So I went to the website Mm -hmm. and um, saw they had some open positions, and uh, long story short, I kind of just contacted them to see about submitting some content, and Turns out they had a lot of uh, a lot more needs than that, and we kind of you know, just started out slowly. I was doing some content pieces, um, and then realized that there was a lot more that that we could be doing uh, together. So I joined the team uh, full time. I think when they were just about five months old, so really in the infancy, and then we've grown from there, and now we have international team of. Writers and editors, and a graphics department, a social team, sales team. So, kind of cover the all the bases there.
0: So, what have you found the challenges, and I suppose by the same token, the opportunities that you have faced in bringing all of this content together in one place to date?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I, I think they're they're pretty much the same. Um, the challenge is there's so much to be reported on. And, uh, and that's of course the opportunity, um, you know, the challenge for us is being a, a startup. You know, we, there's more stories to tell than we have You know, people on our team and, and hours in a day really. Uh, so it's figuring out what we're going to, what stories we are going to tell and, and how we're going to tell them in, in the best possible way so that we get, um, you know, the most lift and, and the most, um, Impact with our readers, and so you know the challenge is really just um you know how do we prioritize and it's kind of a constant uh shuffling of that priority list and our you know our calendar for tomorrow that i I put in the queue before I went to bed last night probably looks a lot different now uh, mm-hmm. the calendar for today, just based on on what breaking news comes in, so that's the constant challenge, um, but it is also an opportunity it just gives us more you know, I think we kind of keep refining our voice and keep refining the stories that we want to tell as well.
0: You mentioned at the beginning, Jill, how you've been vegan for 25 years. Now, coupled with the other point, uh, you saw Live Kindly out there uh, with the growth of social media. How have you seen that information base growth? What I mean is when I first saw Live Kindly's website, I thought it looked very slick very modern, very easy on the eye, very professional, very eye catching. And I thought, where's this information been for the last few years? So as time has gone on, Live Kindly's website has grown, it's expanded, as have the content that you cover. So what I'm keen to know is how have you seen that base of information grow over the last few years?
1: Well, thank you. Uh, We love the the look too. Thank you very much. We work really hard at it. Um, I think you know, I don't know where it's been. I think it's always been there. You know, I mean, we're up against some challenges. I think you kind of have to follow the money and it's interesting. Uh, and just looking at a story that we'll probably cover like the new, t- new scientist magazine just covered a big story on, uh, I think the, the headline they used is we need to talk about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw this one. And, um, you know, the gist of the story is that there's a, a really significant impact on dairy, and and where vegetarianism has long been kind of like, you know, maybe even definitely more widely accepted than veganism. I think um, that's changing, and these you know these big media companies are are shifting too. I mean, they know that they're going to get more lift and traction. When they they cover these issues that have historically not been covered, I and mean, we just had um, in your neck of the woods, the seventy three cows won a, a British film and television award for oh, this yeah. short documentary on on a farmer. That, I mean, what a powerful story that is! He just had a shift of consciousness one day, wakes up, it's like I can't I can't do this to animals anymore, and and so those stories, yeah, I don't I don't know why they haven't been covered. I mean, you know, you, you can get, certainly look at at who's paying for the commercials and the advertising on, on these networks and, and those issues there. But, um, I think what we do is we certainly do our best to bring, uh, a validity to these stories. And, you know, we're, we're really strict with, with, uh, fact checking and reporting and finding expert sources for our stories. Um, and, and so, you know, it, I think if, if one website or, or one news site is, um, you know, spreading false information, it hurts everybody. So, um, you know, we're we're holding ourselves to a higher standard and we hope that our uh, competitors are too. Mm-hmm.
0: In terms of the stories that you cover within Live Kindly and how the news evolves and stories get a, a higher profile because of the people involved or the corporations that are involved, How have you found the reaction to those stories, both, I suppose, from within the vegan world and from outside as well?
1: That's so interesting you asked that today. We just, I mean, I stayed up till almost one in the morning writing an op-ed on, uh, I don't know if you saw Steve O, the uh, reality star, former uh, Jackass star. He kind of posted a little rant on Instagram last night, um, just kind of really upset with some militant vegans he called them for criticizing him for not feeding his cats vegan and i guess he's um been meat free but has eaten fish in the last 10 years but you know this is a guy who um is actively looking for an animal sanctuary location to open he's um you know made a video it was one of our top performing videos after he rescued a street dog in peru he's, um, you know, always out there promoting brand, brands and, and vegan products. Uh, a story we covered a little while back that I really loved was how he, like, with you know, he described it like with our bare hands, we detain these wild tortoise poachers in, in Africa, I think off the coast. And uh, so anyway, he, um, he got a little upset. People are giving him some grief. And so, uh, we kind of wrote a story on it. Um, last night I I wrote the story and he contacted us within like five minutes of it being live and, and was really grateful. And, and so some of the comments though, once it went to Facebook, um, you know, it's really revealing. You have people who completely understand that progress is progress and where he's at in his journey is, um, is a pretty good place to be. And, uh, and then there were people that were, you know, just livid and outraged that his cats aren't vegan and that he's, he's eaten fish at some point in the last 10 years. And so I, we see a lot of that, you know, more than half or nearly half of our readers are not vegan. Um, and you know, but, but certainly half of them are. And, um, We'll post a lot of time stories. you know what we're seeing a lot, I'm sure you're seeing a lot are these big corporations like Tyson or Nestle or mm. um, you know Unilever they're they're all adding vegan brands. I mean you know they're they're uh, totally dependent on market forces and and where the consumers you know start spending their money, they're gonna invest and I mean Tyson's what two or three times invested into Beyond meat now. Uh, that company, uh, Tyson is launching its own, uh, protein range that that's meatless. Um, and we still get, you know, we get a lot of comments of people who, who don't support it. And, you know, I think everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I personally think it, it's fantastic and it's why we cover it. It, it, you know, from someone who has been vegan 25 years and I mean I remember like all I could eat was literally iceberg lettuce with no dressing at at restaurants. I mean there were like zero options. I have a friend who tells a story of uh, the only thing he could have was a plate of parsley like the garnish <laughs> at a at a Denny's and I mean these are real stories and people who you know have lived to tell them and uh, and it's no wonder that there was like the sickly vegan, you know, kind of stereotype or meme for so long because we're eating plates of parsley. We didn't have we didn't have options, but uh seeing these big companies, you know, I think for the most part our readers are are supportive um and you know, we definitely have those who who don't support it, but but I hope that uh I hope they get on board because I think, you know, McDonald's is going to have a Beyond Burger or something. Um, similar, I would say within the next three years would be my guess. I mean, they're already serving, you know, vegan happy meals in, in the UK. So these major companies are, you know, this is not just a, a trend. This is, this is a, a new way, a new, new food system.
0: I think that's a key to the whole thing, Jill. Uh, and a great point that you raise. So when people want change and when change begins to happen, they're not always exactly sure what it's going to look like, uh, particularly with the corporations that you mentioned, whether it's McDonald's or Tyson Foods or whoever it happens to be. This is exactly what change looks like, though. Those campaigns that live kindly highlight this is the change that you help bring about. Some people react well to it and positively to it. I mean, I remember what it used to be like when news wasn't so easily available and you felt like you were possibly the only vegan in the world at one point or other. Then you look at the likes of Live Kindly, the great work that you do in highlighting all these wonderful campaigns and the progress and advances uh, of veganism around the globe. You realise that you aren't alone and that you're actually part of tens of millions of people and tens of millions of customers around the world and that you're driving this change and these big corporations will be led by customer demand and we can only help and influence and encourage that. Now, I do understand why some people get angry when you buy, say, a vegan product from the likes of Tyson Foods or Cargill or McDonald's for that matter um, when they're responsible for the other products that they produce. But the fact of the matter is that these corporations are reacting to market forces and if they want to survive, then they're going to have to adapt or they'll be left behind by people who will adapt to it. So the more people we can influence via demand, then that's how we change these companies and change their practices, which in turn then leads to the contribution towards the end of animal suffering.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so true. If, you know, I, I feel like uh, I'm a passionate vegan 25 years. I, you know, I, I've done all the protests. I protested at Burger King before they had, you know, when they, uh, and was there when they launched their first, uh, veggie burger, uh, I mean, that was 1999, 2000. I mean, that's a long time ago. And, uh, these companies, yeah, they they, they don't want to go out of business. That's exactly the truth. And they, that's why they keep, you know, acquiring these vegan brands or, you know, and other brands and moving into different, um, you know, categories and, and projects because they can't, they can't, you know, they, they can't fail They don't want to fail. And if you're, if you're someone who, who cares, so passionately for animals and and wants to, um, make the biggest impact, um, guiding these companies toward, you know, toward more sustainable and more compassionate, um, you know, products and services is, is really the only way. And, um, you can still support your local farmer's market and your local restaurant. And, you know, there's a great local uh, cheese seller here in LA that's only in LA and you know, what a treat that we get to, to have this and support, you know, this small company, but um but I want all the big corporate ones to succeed too. <laughs> I want everybody to succeed. There's room for everybody.
0: Absolutely. It's a big bandwagon. There's plenty of room on it for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Now you've mentioned a couple of the campaigns that Live Kindly have helped cover uh in twenty eighteen and one of the main videos that I remember Live Kindly broadcasting on their website was a vegan year in review, uh, which covered everything around the globe. Now I used to think that I was reasonably well informed about animal rights and uh, the vegan movement, but subsequent to subscribing to Live Kindly's website I realised that there was an awful lot more information out there that I just wasn't aware of. Um, you can you talk us through a couple of the campaigns that maybe uh, caught your eye during 2018? I'm thinking about one of the main stories that kind of jumped out at me was where voters in California in the midterm elections in 2018 uh, voted for something called Prop 12. Um, For those who aren't in the US, could you maybe take a moment to explain what that was, what that looked like, um, what the core contents of that legislation were and how it was uh, brought about?
1: Yeah, I, it, it's such a great campaign. It was a coalition of, uh, of various nonprofits. Um, and they had to get, I think they had to collect 600,000 signatures just to get it on the ballot. Um, and I, I was skeptical, I must admit, I, I, you know, hope for the best, but and they did it. They were at every event, they were going door to door, they got the signatures. Um, prior to Prop 12 passing the biggest piece of legislation similar to this was in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, but this takes it a step further and it's, you know, it's not perfect. It doesn't eradicate animal farming by any means. But um I think what the biggest takeaway of it, you know, you're you're looking at uh increased cage space or in the case of, you know, um birds, there, you know, there are no cages now. It all has to be um cage free you're looking at the the banning of gestation crates you know, these these other significant points in the bill um, and it's also significant in that it doesn't allow any food coming into the state made from the animals that are in those conditions so if you're in our bordering state Nevada or or Oregon and and you know you're producing um steak or bacon or eggs or whatever, it's going to have, and your, and your market is in California, you're going to have to um, update your practices. And as you know, California is a fairly big state with a fairly large population. So, uh, so it has a ripple effect across the country, but I think the bigger takeaway, and, and I know there were some, uh, organizations that didn't support it and felt like it was just kind of, um, a lot, you know, like a window dressing, but I think, uh, you know curb appeal sells houses, window dressing sells houses, so um you know you want to get people in the door, and I think this opens up a much bigger conversation about about animal welfare and animal rights and and specifically how many animals are being consumed and you know it is so hidden i mean i don't know where factory farms are in California, and there are lots of them like mm-hmm. i don't drive by them they're or if I do, you know, maybe I smell them or something, but, you know, in, in most places they're, they're hidden except for the, obviously the, you know, people in those communities that they are, you know, ever present. But I think this really opens up that dialogue and, um, and, and forces people, you know, to have a a, a moment of clarity about where their food comes from. And so it might not be perfect bill but it's the most progressive in the country which is really incredible and um you know and i think what california you know does often trickles around the country um in, in other cities and states um so you know i anticipate we'll see you know this this having a big effect nationally and then And then what's the next piece of legislation? You know, you've got to start somewhere. And so I think this really opened the door and and I'd be and I am excited to see what's going to come afterwards.
0: Step in the right direction, I guess, like you say, Um, speaking of steps in the right direction, um, nice segue into my next point. Um, Weirdly as well, and I don't know why this is the case, but I often find when I perform my research before I conduct these interviews and you know people come at it from different angles Jill you know they come at it from the environmental side for animal rights they come at it for their own health you know in a couple of weeks time we're going to have uh, Dr Neil Barnard on here as well talking about you know reversing diabetes you know through a vegan diet etc but one of the things that I found in researching is animal testing and how little it's talked about by way of comparison to You know, the meat industry, for example, the meat industry is more in your face. It's everywhere you go. You go out for a sandwich at lunchtime or you go out for dinner in the evening time. It's right there in front of you. It's on a menu, whatever. Um, Animal testing is something that almost all vegans, I would imagine, are obviously aware of. How ineffectual that testing can be and how little uh, end product actually comes out of animal testing. One of the campaigns... One of the stories I should say that Live Kindly covered was in June last year when a newly developed computer system offered a more uh, accurate uh, safety results, if you want to put it that way, from artificial intelligence rather than actually testing on animals. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there are lots of alternatives. Um, and and actually, Neil Bernard will be able to to guide you even in more on that is that... Um, even more important than what the alternatives are is the really important piece is that these tests don't necessarily reflect accurately on how something is going to affect the human. So, you know, I, I'm not a mouse, I'm not a rat, I'm not a chimpanzee, you know, I'm not any of those things and what may or may not cure or cause uh, an illness in, in another animal, it's not necessarily going to have the same impact on a human. So, um, it's, you know, it's really uh, exciting to see these alternatives happening and, you know, artificial intelligence is certainly, um, going to to play a role in in a lot of industries as we, you know, as it becomes more refined and, um, and more widely, um, used. But, um, as far as animal testing, yeah, I mean, there are, there are so many alternatives that, um you know, that's why you're seeing these bans in the EU and Australia disband cosmetics, animal testing. I mean, it, because it's it's no longer necessary. I think uh, Ricky Gervais has that really great viral meme that says, like, don't get shampoo in your eyes, it stings. Like, now stop testing on animals. I believe I'm paraphrasing, and there may be a, a bit of profanity in, in his original uh, quote. <laughs> but, um you know, why are, why are we using these products anyway? I mean, you get into a big story of, of industry and, and the, um, fossil fuel industry and byproducts and, you know, all these chemicals that come out of these other areas that they you know need to find a, um, a use for. So, I mean, you know, you get into a whole, whole big, <laughs> whole big ball of wax there, but, um, but brands are, you know, realizing you don't need that. I mean, you know, girl just, um, Got uh, cruelty free certified. Uh, what's the other one? Dove. I also, I believe, also did. So you know, these big brands, just like they're finding ways to um, uh, streamline their protein, uh, you know, or their their other offerings uh, through vegan um, options. They're finding ways to do, you know, skincare, body care, beauty care, uh, household products um, without animal testing. And and I think that's just going to only increase. Uh, exponentially
0: absolutely they are two of the the hundreds of stories that live kindly have covered in the last couple of years still and more um talk to me about a couple of your favorite stories maybe in the last 12 months uh, that you would have covered
1: oh gosh well, um, I really loved, uh, a one we did early, uh, 2018, which was, um, Costco, which is a major wholesale uh, buying club here in the U S had a, the first organic vegan burger similar to a beyond burger, but, um, but, but made from certified organic ingredients. And that, that went really viral. And, and we were so excited to see that, um, perform so well. And I think they sold, I don't want to misquote, like six million or a million or something um, within uh, 60 days. And um, just pretty exciting for them, certainly exciting for the movement. Um, And then we also covered uh, how Costco um, dropped one of its, uh, they have like a $1 hot dog offering in there. They have little cafeterias there and they dropped one of the hot dogs to make room for vegan products. And people just went crazy over that. You know, these are the, the signs of progress we're talking about. It might seem like, might seem like a little thing, but you know, it's actually a really big deal. So I love seeing what Costco is doing. Also all the Ikea stories get me so excited is I really don't like going to that store or <laughs> that giant furniture Uh, furnishings place but gosh you know now that they are so i mean they have uh, now the latest i think are vegan smoothies there's um they've got vegan oat milk i believe in the uk stores they have vegan hot dogs meatballs uh dairy-free ice cream um and and not only are they offering these items but they're also really promoting them there was a great poster um from ikea for the hot dogs like Zero percent meat, 100 percent flavor. I mean, they're really pushing this to the the mainstream consumer. And you know, I mean, you go in there, you shop, you're exhausted. You want to sit. You want to have something to eat. And and they're really guiding their customers toward um, healthier options, which I think is so great. And they have such an impact. And you know, they're also doing a lot of great um, uh, sustainability um, efforts, you know, just with their packaging and their products and sourcing. And, um, they also have like a home growing garden, like kitchen garden, uh, set up, which is really nice. So I think, you know, it's a little snippet of the future there. And then I love all the celebrity stories. I mean, we just covered, um, Beyonce and Jay-Z with their trainer, chef partner, um, are giving away, uh, lifetime tickets to Beyonce and Jay-Z to one lucky person who signs up, who takes a vegan, uh, pledge. I believe it the, the campaign's called green print. And, um, I mean, how, they're not even vegan. You know, it shows you on their, on Jay-Z and Beyonce's Instagram, uh, what pledge they took and Jay-Z has pledged two vegan meals a day, which is pretty significant. And, uh, Beyonce is doing vegan breakfasts and then she's doing meatless Monday. And those are both really big, big deals. You know, she, she had a, um, a big buzz last year when she went vegan, uh, for, I guess like a couple months before Coachella, her Coachella performance. And, you know, that went viral, but this, this story about the, um, about the contest, uh, performed very well for us. You know, other celebrity stories do well. We just shared, uh, Snoop Dogg ho- hosted a pre-Grammys party and partnered with Carl's Jr. and Beyond Meat. Carl's Jr. is a fast food chain here in the U.S. that um, just launched a Beyond Meat, uh, Beyond Burger patty, and uh, they had a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, they have more commercials coming out, I believe, and they partnered up with Snoop and, and served you know hundreds, if not thousands, of burgers, and, and that story went really viral as well lots of fun ones there's no end really it's like what's my favorite for the day because there are a lot very
0: unfair question jill i sprang that on you but uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like Uh, children how can you pick
0: (laughs) well jill listen thanks for your time today i really appreciate it and i just wanted to say from our side of the pond um really appreciate the great work that you do and live kindly do you really arm people in the vegan community with uh, an amazing amount of information and news. And it's fantastic and I really look forward to reading your next edition. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, cute it's, it's our pleasure.
0: So my thanks today to Jill Edinger from Live Kindly. Um, you can have a look at their website at www.livekindly.com. And hit on the subscribe button and you'll get a newsletter into your inbox uh, every couple of days. Uh, the content on there is fantastic, it really is. New and engaging content every couple of days. i learn something new every time I see an email coming in from them. Um, I love those guys, they do an absolutely brilliant job. Uh, get yourself on there, get yourself informed of what's going on around the world. Uh, vegan campaigns in the US, uh, Europe uh, and further afield as well. Information, as they say, is power and they've Kindly certainly do a great job at uh, empowering those on a vegan diet and a vegan lifestyle uh, to take the message forward and spread it around the world to vegans and non-vegans alike. My thanks again to Jill uh, for sharing her story uh, with the growth of the company as much as anything else, which I found fascinating and uh, her journey with the company as they've gotten larger month on month, year on year. Uh, It's been a fascinating story, and they continue to go from strength to strength. And I wish them all the best for the future. So I'm afraid that's it for this week, guys. Uh, Thanks for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed the episode as much as I've enjoyed making it and chatting with Jill a lot of interesting episodes coming up in the following weeks so if you take time to hit subscribe to the podcast maybe even uh, leave a review if you like it that is if you don't, don't do anything Um, leave a couple of five star uh, recommendations There would be absolutely fantastic as well any... Any uh, feedback we get, any positive feedback we get is always very much appreciated and helps get us noticed. and helps get us bumped uh, up the iTunes and Spotify charts and helps spread the word of veganism. Um, so that would be fantastic if you could take a second and do that, guys. And I hope to have you back next week then. Um, i keep the identity of the person in question. Suffice to say, uh, it's a goodie. And I look forward to having you back next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks for now. Bye.